Hi, I'm Jennifer Zollett. And I'm Larkin Bell. Welcome to our podcast, A Brighter Lens. episode of 2021. This week, we chatted with Shade India, an LA-based cinematographer. Through her creative work, Shade is actively dedicated to providing safe creative spaces for fellow Black, Indigenous, and people of color to carry out their personal visions and endeavors. At only 19, she started her own freelance production company called The Red Futon, where she cultivates space for BIPOC talent to freelance creating content for local brands and musicians. Additionally, she is also a cinematography mentor at Made in Her Image, which is a nonprofit that provides young brown and black girls education, resources, and industry opportunities to learn the world of filmmaking. Enjoy our interview with Shade. Shade, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Stoked to be here. Of course. Can you just start by just introducing yourself a little bit to our listeners? Yeah. Ooh, that's a that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> you do uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the hardest question, yes. Cinematographers are very like humble as you guys probably noticed. But uh, my name is Shade India. I'm a cinematographer uh, based in Los Angeles. Originally uh, born in born in San Diego but raised in Palm Springs, which is like totally random. Um, and I've been living in LA for like three years um and in the past few years i've just been tapping into like freelance shooting commercials and music videos and then i do a lot of organizing work with my nonprofit made in her image where we provide accessible resources to women of color to enter the world of filmmaking and then on the other side i uh produce uh music video and commercial content under my production company the red foods on awesome i have lots of questions about all those different things but i guess like starting with cinematography like how did you how did you discover that passion and kind of find yourself into uh, find your way into music video and commercial production yeah um it's kind of like a crazy whirlwind of emotions and self-reflection and existentialism (laughs) as most filmmakers are but but like i said i grew up in uh the random of Palm Springs, white suburbia. And um, there's just like a lot of erasure of my personal identity as a black individual living in America. And so a lot of what I would learn about myself would be through films, like through like Spike Lee joints and like Ava DuVernay joints and stuff like that. And that inspired me to start creating um, more so documentary work on my own because I got inspired by, I don't know, just the idea of being able to one, speak upon social issues, but also inform folks of things they don't necessarily know. And so that began to like inform my own personal practice when I was just shooting random documentaries with my friends when I was in like high school and middle school. And then we would shoot like music videos that somehow became hella deep for no reason. <laughs> and then uh, randomly had the idea to be, tell my family that I was going to film school and they're like, what does that even mean? And I was just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it. And um, I just found myself in the narrative space, but then also randomly transitioning into the music video commercial space where I've been able to freelance, but um, all in all, I'm looking to fully transition into shooting like black independent film within the next two or three years. Cool. Super cool. Thank you. Can you um, 
can you tell us a little bit about your studio, The Red Futon, and what kind of projects you've created through that? So The Red Futon was started uh, randomly. A lot of my, a lot of the things that have happened to me have just been me having random ideas and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go with it. And then it turns out amazing, but it's just random. <laughs> uh, but uh, it kind of, The Red Futon was kind of influenced by me personally not feeling seen in film school. I felt like a lot of my personal classes were very like male gazy, but also very Eurocentric and I couldn't, really prosper in telling the specific stories that I wanted to tell uh, centered around like black identity um, and like black expression. And so I created the Red Futon just to like, at first it was just me kind of fucking around. Like I was like, you know what, why don't we just start creating shit in my living room and like see what happens and just like release it and see what happens. And so we started shooting more so like photo content. Um, and I started off doing like these very personal uh, fine art photo pieces uh, one of them was like a set that I built um, and it was kind of like to critique on like the like the modern day like coon uh, prototype where like black folks have to put on a face for white audiences to feel seen in their art and so I it's kind of like how I felt at film school so it was like me kind of projecting in my own art piece but um, being able to pull together my friends who are also like people of color. Uh, I had like a black makeup artist, a black model in it. My production designer was Hispanic and it just felt comfortable to create an art piece that was so vulnerable in that space. And that kind of gave me this high of like, I want all of my film sets to be like this. I want any space that I create in to feel comfortable and to feel safe, especially when I'm talking about specifically identity-based work. And so we kind of just wrote that and we started shooting more so like music videos for like local artists who uh, aligned with the same goals that we had personally because a lot of our clients have been uh, folks of color in like the commercial space but also in the music video space um, and then clients just started coming to us for that kind of experience where we're creating an atmosphere that feels safe to create personal identity-based work. Oh I love the vision. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How have you kind of navigated it sort of sounds like there's just been a lot of growth like you know people are coming to you like you're creating all like how have you kind of navigated that just I, I don't know maybe it was always that much at the beginning but it seems like it's just sort of intensified and kind of exponentially grown into this thing like how have you navigated that growth oh it's been very interesting I think because uh yeah I'm I'm kind of have like a mother personality where I want to just like take care of everyone and help everyone put everyone on but it does become overwhelming sometimes because like there's always people asking me for like crew recommendations or to produce something or to like hop on something and so uh we're recently expanding our red food fun team which I'm so excited about I have uh, our manager Arely uh, slash assistant helps with like scheduling and coordinating and also making uh, sure that folks get responded to so we get like a lot of crew submissions that they hit us up and they're like oh like I love y'all's work I want to work with you guys how can I get involved and so we're trying to like kind of create an interactive space so that we have like an ecosystem kind of going on so like from project to project we can just hop on and be like oh I know xyz or xyz can hop on and stuff like that and then uh, we finally got like an in-house producer that's handling all of the gigs coming in as well and so uh, I don't feel as stretched thin, stretched thin, but I also love that like I have like a community and also like people on my side, like making sure that everything is being handled on the on the other front end. Yeah, that sounds important. I'm curious. So when you're working on these projects, like and you're you're deeping a project, what's your favorite part of of the creative process? 
just to kind of get a little bit more into the creativity part of it? I think lighting. I'm definitely a lighting heavy DP. I love building worlds and like, also I feel like my favorite part is just like the back and forth between crew members, but also like the director. Like I love, like I feed off of collaboration. And so like, I'm not the best with like people who just like show up and do the job. Like I love people who challenge me or they're like, oh, why don't we try this? Or also like, what if we try that? And stuff like that, that usually inspires me to like do better, but also like have fun in the space. And then also like the, I also really love like the finesse factor of filmmaking. I feel like shooting in my living room kind of helped me learn that the hard way. Like we used to like fucking like tape seamless backdrops to the walls and like shoot with just like a single ring light in my living room for a bit. And like just growing from that to like being on like big budget, like 100K sets, I'm like, the growth has actually been hella inspiring, but also like I still take tidbits of like the finesse that I've learned through the process with me. And so um, I guess like, yeah, the finesse of filmmaking is like what inspires me and gets me like flowing. I love that phrase, finesse of filmmaking. Yeah. That's exciting. Veering back from the creative stuff. Uh, we would love to hear a little bit more about your mentoring experience with We Are Made in Her Image. Yeah. Oh, my God. Love these girls so much. Um, <laughs> they're so sweet. I actually missed them when the class ended. I was so sad because I, like, I don't know. I, grew, I felt, like I said, I have a mother spirit. So, like, I felt, like, so connected to them. And then having to say bye was so sad. But um made in her image is a nonprofit founded by malachi uh she started she kind of she's literally the same person as me <laughs> we uh feel like unseen in spaces and then we're like okay we're gonna change this how are we gonna change this we're gonna build spaces um and so i really align with her in that sense like we're just uh forward thinkers which really meshes when we're like creating projects but also like organizing um so i randomly met her like on a gig like I don't know, like two years, like when I first moved to LA, we met on the randomest like freelance gig. And then we became like, so, 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 so tight after that, because we're literally like the same person in different levels. And so she brought me on to, uh, to teach a few cinematography courses. Our first event was at uh, the Sundance building where we had like a little workshop and we brought in, I think it was like 30, 30 plus uh, girls, young girls of color. They were like ages eight to, I would say like 16 um, to kind of learn about the process of filmmaking. So there was like a screenwriting workshop, there's a cinematography workshop, um, and then there was like a panel with like some industry professionals so that they could like learn um, about the industry, I guess, so to speak. And then after that, uh, when COVID hit, we couldn't really organize as much. And so we were all like stressed, like, what are we going to do? And like, we were just like, we were just picking up the pace of our organizing work and like, uh, everyone was bonding and it was like such a good time but then like we all couldn't see each other and so we problem solved to kind of create like a online workshop kind of um, course which was very interesting because I've never taught online and it was really hard teaching like lighting over uh, lighting over the uh, the phone because I was like trying to show them and like knickknack and like it's just so much you guys probably know like being on set is so much better to learn lighting and so that was a challenge for sure but it was so fun and like everyone was so like uh we had like weekly assignments that we paved out for the girls and some of the finesses that they had with their lighting setups i was shook. like someone lit their scene with like a tv and a lamp and like a window and I, and it was just like so smart and i like love like i said like i love the finesse of filmmaking so like being able to provide 
accessible ways for these filmmakers to light at home and like to create content from home was like super inspiring for me because I wish I had that resource when I first started. I didn't even know. I was just watching random YouTube videos, but like they all had the big flashy gear. So translating that into like a more access accessible sense is like super helpful as well. Oh, that's so that's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love your response. <laughs> I love that. I love, I want to see that like TV and, yeah. and window oh God, yes, and lamps. Yeah. And I'm glad that you were able to still, still teach during this time and, you know, pivot hard. That uh, it sounds really difficult to teach anything over like zoom but especially right. like teach lighting like you know that yeah. sounds, like what a feat that you did that. so yeah it was definitely interesting times like co- what's what's happening with this covid nonsense it's crazy truly yeah speaking of covid so you've you've been on set a little bit now that production has kind of started up how has that whole experience been location wise where are you as well yeah um well yeah when corona first hit i mean i'm sure nobody was like literally nobody was working um and that was very stressful but then like now i feel like brands are realizing that they still need capitalism (laughs) to exist and so (laughs) we're all still shooting like commercials and stuff um so a lot of the work that i've been doing recently have been more commercials like on uh like stages uh because like that's more of a controlled environment and it's like a larger area too so it feels a little bit safer safer and they have like uh something called like a covid specialist and it's usually like the wholesomest person on set and they're just like making sure that we're all like sanitized and happy and hydrated like i said i had a headache on set on my last set and he was like freaking out and i was like no like i swear i don't have it like i'm just stressed <laughs> and it was so funny <laughs> like he was so wholesome he was like checking in like every hour every other hour uh, it was very interesting but I definitely feel better about being on set because they make sure that folks are tested and everything as well. So it's not like too far of a risk. I think the only thing that's like kind of stressful is like if people get sick, one for COVID or also for like even just another illness, like it takes a while for production to turn around, like having replacements and stuff. That's really what I've just struggled with. But other than that, I felt very safe on set. What a time. Yeah. Um, interesting time <laughs> the weirdest the weirdest times <laughs> um and lastly we would love to hear a bit about your anti-racist classroom and how that all came about and where people can find that support that yeah um yeah so anti-racist classroom was started uh, mainly at art center it's uh the college the film school that i went to um and we just experienced a lot of problematicness within the education system, but also from our fellow peers. And so a bunch of students came together and started organizing events to kind of critique uh, what changing the curriculum looks like at like art schools, because a lot of them are very like Eurocentric based and they don't really pay attention to black and brown artists. And like a lot of us struggled with that because we all specifically uh, became artists to make identity based work. And so we've planned like workshops where we have like uh, students come together and kind of speak upon their experiences with racism in the college education practice, but also like how we can counteract that and provide proper resources to counteract that. Um, and then also last October, we threw a film festival. It was like my baby project. I don't know why I thought I could throw a film festival. It was crazy. It was dope that it happened, but it was just like such a big idea for like, I don't know, what whatever I was doing, but we threw a film festival called Represent Film Festival, uh, October of last year, I think. 
Um, and it was basically to highlight filmmakers of color because I felt like a lot of these film festivals can be a little bit problematic with the selections that they have, as y'all probably know. And so I wanted to create a space for us to kind of like flourish and just seeing art made by us, for us, about us. Um, and so that was a really dope experience. And I met a lot of like some of my closest collaborators from that event. Um, and just like getting everyone in the same room. I feel like it's so easy for us all to be online talking and stuff like that, but to get us all physically in the same room is like a whole other thing. And that's a whole other kind of change. And so um, that was something that I was super passionate about. Um, and yeah, anti-racist classrooms still exist kind of in the art center world, but also uh, we're starting to organize outreach towards the outside world so that other like art schools can kind of get the resources that they need to deconstruct racism in their practices. So it's kind of like a growing realm as well. Wow, you have so much growing and going on. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> like an awe. Nice. It's impressive, yeah. yeah. Well, then we end every interview with our lightning round. You can answer in like a word or a phrase. We call it three, two, one, action. So we'll start with three. Your favorite or most influential film? Ooh, Moonlight, 100%. <laughs> Changed my life from every aspect of production. Two dream person you want to work with i think uh lacy duke uh she her work is so beautiful like she captures black love and black beauty so perfectly and uh from not only in the music video space but she's also like working a lot in the narrative space too so a lot of her work inspired. every time i see her work on the tl i'm like blown away so i love i love her visual language and like what she's creating right now one best advice you've received so my friend she's a director she has this really it's, it's very like a producer type quote. It's very self-reflective, but she says, uh, like kind of like when you fuck up in a, a situation, she says, uh, be sorry. What is, I don't want to misquote it. It's like, be sorry for yourself, not don't be sorry for this. It's something like that. But it was like, she told me that one time when I really messed up on, a, on something when I first started out and it was a very self-reflective moment for me. Um, and it helped me kind of establish that like whole moment of growth so to speak like i can't i you can only dawn on something for so long it's about how you initiate change and action moving forward and growth from bad experiences on set or working and stuff like that and so that really pushed me to kind of be a better filmmaker like uh stop focusing so much on the outwards but more on the internal love it and action where can people follow you on social media yeah, uh, so all of my social handles are just Shade India, um, and then that's my website as well. So <laughs> just hit me on that. <laughs> awesome. And our the red futon and we are made in her image. I know that we do, we are made in her image is definitely on social media. Can people follow the red futon as well? Oh yeah, uh, the red futon is my production company, and we are made in her image on Instagram for uh, some of the organizing work and then anti racist classroom. Great. Awesome. Cool. Thanks so much for chatting with us, Shade. This is great. Thanks for having me. Y'all are dope. Y'all are so <laughs> You can find us at abrighterlens.com and at abrighterlens on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at abrighterlens at gmail.com. You can download the show wherever you listen to podcasts and on Apple Podcasts where we'd love it if you left us a review. Our theme song was composed by Jesse Nelson. Our logos were designed by Meg Cafferty. Our associate producer is Elise Welch. A Brighter Lens was created by Jennifer Zollett and Larkin Bell. 